I'm over here now. I was over there. Now I'm over here. Sure. I'll bring all my shoes and my, my glasses with me. So I have them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with the OGs on the block to see the terror Eating pasta, primavera, feeding caca, be together People never know the wild shit we might say Grew up on Eddie Murphy, Jerky Boys, and Dice Play. I've been waking up nights, screaming Brooklyn Blast podcast Mama took my porn mags, jerkins, and a soft rags Easy when we talk about Mr. Ferrari Cause we go way back when we used to play Atari Sparked weed, taking shots like the Fratelli's RV Doing donuts in the parking lot at Arby's Car keys, now you can't leave, lock the door Please, Jimmy's on a mission. Time to start the intervention. Let's go. How you guys doing today? Welcome to Woodstock. There is a sixth sense that you develop when you spend your life going to venues. Woodstock, baby. I can tell you a hundred feet away what the energy in that venue is going to be like. It was not your parents' Woodstock. We got off the bus and I was like, something's not right. It was like 1,000 degrees. I think we should leave. It's so hot here. Water was $4 a bottle, which is a ridiculous cost. The porta potties unusable. You had kids rolling around in what they thought was mud. In an environment where exploiting women, you could get away with it. You could feel something bubbling. In pop culture, there's this dark energy coming from young white males that entertainment is perpetuating. You have a crowd who are excited, inebriated, and you give them a band to help them release that energy. What do you think's gonna happen? They had the crowd going insane. People are dehydrated, passing out. There are a lot of stupid humans around here. We walked off stage and we're like, get out of here. Like, we need to leave right now. There's no rest, there's no breaks, there's no rhythm, there's no come down. It's gonna crash. The laws of normal society just don't apply here. Kids were petrified out there. This wasn't Woodstock 69. There is an umbilical cord between the dark sexual, cultural underbelly in the country at that time to where we are now. A lot of that energy just wound up in chat rooms and Reddit boards in 2021. The question quickly became not how could this have happened, but how could it not? Episode 224 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast. And I'm just going to call this one Return to Woodstock 99. Now, Sam, our friend Sam from the Red River podcast, this is who I saw the trailer. He posted the trailer for the documentary that HBO is putting out. And it's cool because the next slot that I had open to drop an episode just so happens to be Friday, July 23rd, the date that the documentary comes out. So I'm like, I got to do an episode and assemble people that were at Woodstock. Um, so thanks for the indirect idea, Sam. Um, so now, <laughs> this is a shit show because, I mean, I mean, one, one prerequisite to being on this episode is you got to tell your story. Good, bad, ugly, fucked up. Now, I'll say it for everybody. Everybody was on drugs at this thing. <laughs> Big time. But you know what? 
I'm full. I let, I don't do anything anymore. I'm stuck with my little stupid little vape nonsense, and I drink Red Bulls for kicks. But um, I'm glad that I could laugh at all of the crazy shit that I did. Like all, all of it, and what a way to end the '90s was that fucking Woodstock '99. Yeah, you party like it was 1999, bro. You're goddamn right. So it was a month before my 21st birthday, so was it was thinking, definitely the fucking one of the highlights of my life. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Wasn't I the only one that was 21 in that crew? Yeah, you were the, the only five, one. Out of 21. the six people that went, I was the only one that was old enough to drink, and I don't drink now. Right. Neither of us drink. on the campfire is that Mike over there who's sitting with Angela. Like I'm glad I'm glad I needed a female perspective and a female voice only because of the couple of things that were mentioned in the trailer for the documentary. But I didn't, but, um, didn't see the trailer. You didn't see the trailer? What happened? I went, with five, I went with five women and this is the only one that was brave enough to come on. Well, vote, 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 vote. My hat goes off to you. So now who wants to, who wants to start? Maybe I'll just be the anchor and I'll go last. But who wants to start with how their day started, what they did there, what they witnessed, what they partook in, and the whole deal. I'm trying to yeah, do this like I this. Say something? Yes, you can. can Hold on. Something? Yes. All right. Because uh, I felt like... All right. Um, I felt like the, the start of the festival for me was... Um, it might have been a day after it started, but 12 o'clock, James Brown showed up, right? Yep. He wasn't on the bill, but he, he, he strolled in. So we go to the stage and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's early morning for festival time. And uh, like 20 minutes go by, another guy comes out on the stage. The JBs are jamming, they're grooving. Another dude steps up to the mic. Everyone's cheering. They're thinking it's James Brown. Next guy steps up, still not James Brown. 20 minutes, 30 minutes go by. Is this Friday? Is this Friday? This, I think, is uh, Friday Saturday morning. Noon. Or Saturday morning because gates opened on Thursday, like noon. Right. You showed up Thursday. Showed up. Night. So he, 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 right. It might have been Saturday afternoon, but for me it was a start because he goes, All right. How y'all doing out there? It's 12 o'clock. It's lunchtime. How about some funk on a roll? Dun, 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 dun. Get up. And that's how this shit started. Oh man, we were dying. It was the perfect entry to it any day. I'm going to say, that's pretty fucking awesome to start off with some James Brown there. Yeah, man. Even on Friday. I was going to say, the festival really started with the line of cars that you were stuck in for like 10 that's miles. That's right. <laughs> oh. I don't, I know that I went there. I'm not going to mention her name, but me and my ex-girlfriend went. And I'm not going to tell my whole story right now because I'll wait for that. But um, we, we left like late Thursday afternoon and I was a big drinker back then and I was hammered in the car and I like passed out like there's pictures of me that she took passed out and we got there late I don't know what time Thursday night and then we left unfortunately but maybe fortunately because it leaves me with just only good memories before the fires happened, I was gone. When I got when, same exact story we have. When I got home, when I got home, we had those. We, remember back in the day, you had like like the, the the cable box with the chip, the hot box, where you get all the free pay per view shit. 
I had one of those. And once I took a no. shower, I took a shower and I sat down and I cracked open a beer and I put the TV on and the place was on fucking fire. I'm like, what the fuck is going on there? So that's how it ended. Now, I'll let you yeah, let somebody pick up the ball. I want to try to keep it so we're not jumping all over each other because there's a lot of people. So whoever wants to take the floor, this floor is yours. I just wanted. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Zach. You were eight years old. <laughs> I all I gotta say is that whoever your guardians were, <laughs> however you look at it, they were either really fucked up or they were fucking awesome. I think they yeah, were. I, I like to think of it as a mix of the two. Of but uh, I was there. Isn't that how I it always there. is. <laughs> I was there for Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I was there when they stopped them. You know, and they came out on stage and they were like, we need to get the fire trucks through to the fire. <laughs> that speaker tower is not supposed to be down. Oh, my God. Well, well, didn't staff. Now, here's a whole thing that a lot of people that were not there. And this isn't a stab at you, Sam. <laughs> a lot of people that weren't there are going to chime in on this documentary that's coming out guaranteed because just by the trailer it's like oh here we go i was in rehab hey <laughs> i needed to be in rehab i i was i was there from 98 to uh 2000 so that's why i wasn't there ah sam all right we partied for you my man yeah, so, yeah, yeah. jimmy jimmy i have to agree with your statement i think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to tell their mtv memories and things like that the people that you know oh i remember watching it on television and all that crap like yeah it's great you had to be there you had to be of a certain kind of person to walk away from that entire shit show and be like that was fucking awesome you know what i, I mean we I don't know if I went to work. I might have went to work. No, I had to. I showed up. I went to work three hours late. I told my boss, I was like, you knew. You already knew. Yeah. I, I think I, 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 walked, I walked right into work right after Lollapalooza 93. I went right from Lollapalooza with dirt in my ears, still on acid. My teeth were brown from the dirt and the dust. <laughs> Right into work. My boss looked at me and was like, what happened? I was like, bro, Lollapalooza, I'm here, though. And I worked the whole fucking day. I didn't do any damn shit. I put my head down on the desk, and it came here anyway. The beautiful thing. Yeah, well, I was, on, I was on summer vacation, so I had a long recovery period. <laughs> Mike, what's going on up there? I'll be honest with you. I went home and saw my girlfriend, who didn't go with me, and did all the drugs that I brought back from Woodstock with her. <laughs> So my, my, my fiasco lasted a few days after Woodstock. I'm not going to lie. I definitely oh. did like a whole lot of more of acid, ecstasy, and mushrooms over the next period of uh, weeks. My, my whole, bro, from like 92 to like 2003 was all the same story, basically. I'll be you know? honest with you. That was the only time in her life I ever let her take acid was Woodstock. Yeah. I never, I haven't taken it since either. I know. Well, we took acid in. I her. took a, I took God knows how much in high school, but I would never let her do it because I was worried about her being able to handle her shit. Uh, and that would suck for some reason. I was like, this is the time in life that you need to do this. Yeah, Ray, you just the machine is on. Eat this whole sheet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I gave her, my, I, she still to this day doesn't remember taking mushrooms, I but I, I, 
I like gave them out. I know I did. He did. He handed me something and he told me to eat it. And he and I put it in my mouth. I was like, this tastes like shit. Just, just fucking eat it. Just eat it. It's drugs. Eat it. It's not about the taste. Big Mike. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Big Mike up there. Green Mike. What's going on, my man? What's up? Yeah, I, I remember, you know, I, I got my timeline screwed up, man. And like I said, I was on a lot of drugs, but I remember it. I remember the long line of traffic going into that. It was the old military base, you know. Uh, I remember getting there and I had told friends that were driving in other cars that I'd be wearing a Wayne Corbett jersey, number 80. Yep. So that's how they spotted me. And, um, you know, we brought up a ton of drugs. We had ecstasy, we had ketamine, we had mask in the ecstasy pills. You know, we, you know, we had a lot of shit that we brought in and got in. Um, you know, I remember the tent sections off the runway, you know, I remember, I remember I was in a purple section because they had different colors for your tent section. So when you all fucked up leaving either stage, because at either ends of the runway, they had stages. Yes. I remember, I remember the beer gardens. I remember yeah, a beer yeah, garden yeah. had a whole little section where you went into the beer gardens and um, they were checking IDs for that. But who wanted to go in there and spend money when there was fucking drugs left and right all over the place? <laughs> drugs <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, so we were trading drugs, you know, like, and I remember, I don't remember if it was Friday night. I remember the rave Friday night and then I don't remember much after that, but I remember waking up the next day and then James Brown and Kid Rock, everybody's throwing water bottles. And believe it or not, that's when JFK Jr. died. He died in that plane crash. And that got mentioned on stage. I remember that. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I that. Yeah, JFK Jr. died in the Cessna plane. He died off of uh, Martha's Vineyard. Well, yeah. I remember when that happened, but I don't remember it being at Woodstock. But then again... I was on another fucking planet, especially if it was that Friday. I was done. I was toast. By yeah. Saturday, it was done. I don't remember much. Oh, man. See, I remember a lot of things. Like, I, so I guess, let me just, I'll, I'll go for a little bit. Um, we got there Thursday night, but then it says on this, you know, on this flyer that I still have, um, it Fuck says, yes. I'm going to read it right here. It says, please leave at home. Alcoholic beverages, illegal drugs, weapons, firearms, stoves and grills, knives, axes, hatchets, shovels, pots and pans, lanterns, air horns, umbrellas, glass or metal cans, bottles or containers, fireworks or incendiary devices, which they got handed out later by the staff, um, Hazardous materials and fuels, video cameras and tape recorders, lawn furniture, laser pointers, and pets, except for your seeing-eyed dogs. Now, it doesn't say not to bring kids. <laughs> you're damn right it doesn't. So now I'm like, all right. Because it also says all over this that security is going to be tight. So now I'm like, all right. I'm going to fucking... Now I was hearing things that, like, security was, like, raiding, like, the gates... And like going through people's shit from time to time. That's what I heard. So I'm like, I'm like, what? They didn't go through anything of mine because we heard when I when we first parked. I don't remember where we parked, but the first thing that I did, I looked at, and there was dudes with huge tanks of nitrous oxide. Before I even (laughs) went through the front gates. I got a gigantic black balloon in my hand and I'm huffing fucking nitrous. I wind up on the floor. 
I get up, whatever. Now, at the time, I worked in a bagel store. So I had a huge fucking cooler of, like, cold cuts and fucking condiments and bread and bagels and just deli shit. And I also had a case of Heineken's, a case of bottled Heineken's. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to try to get through the gates. If I get busted, I throw it away. I think I stole it from the store anyway. So we go and I'm wheeling this thing in and we get right fucking through. I'm like, this is awesome. So I crack open a beer and it's dark out. Like I said, it's like midnight. I don't know where we're at. So I'm drinking a beer, pulling my shit. And some dude comes over to me. He's like, yo, what's up? I'm like, what's going on, man? He's like, yo, I got a dope spot for your tent. I'm like, bring me to the dope spot for my tent. He's like, I'll bring you there if I can get one of those beers. I'm like, no problem. Because I don't know where the fuck I am. So if this guy can help me out to get settled, it's worth a fucking beer. So I gave him a beer and he brought me to this area where there's a whole bunch of obviously people. And we set up tent and it was dope. We wound up being friendly with everybody. There was a whole circle. Everyone's past joints and everyone, everyone loved each other. Who was from Michigan, this, that, and the other thing. So now I'm going to backtrack because it comes into play a little bit later. We, I told Mike this before I started recording. Um, we stopped at this uh, in, on Sheepshead Bay Road here in Brooklyn. We stopped to, to one of my, at the time, one of my drug dealers. He was the ecstasy guy. So I call him up and he comes downstairs and he just gives me a bag of like, all different kinds of ecstasy, whether it was the micro dots, the fucking big horse pills, all kinds of shit. Mescaline thrown in there. It's just, a, just a, like a fucking care package. I don't remember how much it was. It doesn't matter. Some of it was broken. It didn't matter. Cool. We already had all of our weed and they had all the acid in a different spot, but we needed ecstasy also for the trip, you know? So, so, so we go and... The next morning, we start eating that acid. We start eating the acid. And now I remember it was such a fucking mission from where our tent was to the big main stage. I think it was the, the East. Which was the stage where, like, Rage Against the Machine played? East stage? The main stage. The main stage. It, all I know is that it was a fucking mission to get there. So no, it was further than we thought. We could see it, but, like, it was a good yeah. walk. It was a yeah, good like four football I was, You were basically like, if you came out to where the rave tent was and went left or right, the other two stages were right there. Because I could feel yep. the rave tent every night thumping the ground we were sleeping on. Yep. Right. Yeah, Harry Farrell was spending at the rave tent. Wasn't Fat Boy Slim there or something? Yeah, too Fat right? Boy yeah. Slim and, and Harry Farrell. Yeah. The rave tent was rave central, dude. Yeah, I walked in there. I was in the rave tent only for a little bit. I think I went, that's why I remember Fat Boy Slim. And I walked in there, I was in there for like a half hour and I lost my fucking mind in there. <laughs> I just <laughs> lost my mind in that fucking rave tent because I was on so many drugs. But then there was, there was at one point, <laughs> now in the documentary, it seems like everyone's, listen, in 1999, was $5 for a bottle of water expensive? Of course it was. But first of all, be a little prepared for class is my exactly. thing. Be prepared. Yep. You're not going to a fucking five-star hotel. You're going there to do drugs. 
There could be rain. You're going in a tent. You're going with his porta potties and chaos. So the complaints I, I could do without. Hey, now, can I chime in? Yes. Like, all right. So, bro, uh, if we made it home, that's all I cared about. Exactly. Yeah. But a lot of people showed up in a fucking tank top, no money, no water, no nothing, like straight book style. And I feel like that's where things started to erupt. Me and my boy, uh, Rick Smith, deep, I'll give him a shout because he came through with me there. Um, you know, we've been camping and hiking for a while. So we brought our tents. We brought, uh, you know, another fucking, a couple tarps. We brought eight yeah. gallons of water. We I brought fucking, I brought rolls of toilet paper. I, I was prepared. <laughs> yeah, man. Fucking crazy. No, there was people there. Can't. There was people there with their wallet and a fucking toothbrush, and that's it. Crazy. Now yep. I remember there was at one point you, know, you got a guy hovering behind you, Zach. But um. Yeah, sorry, I got groupies over here. My no, bad. that's fine. That's fine. Um, so there was one I point I told, over. I told I told Mike this before everyone popped on, but. I don't know. I think it might have been either Friday or Saturday. I'm not sure, but it was. It felt like a thousand. It was probably like 90 degrees, but it felt like a thousand because of the acid I was on. And at one point, at the top of one of the runways, there was a fire truck, and he came and he started shooting the hose. And for some reason, there wasn't a lot of people at that area. There was like a couple of dozen. So I was like, "Yo, this is fucking awesome." So I ran over there and I got soaked in the hose. It was freezing cold, but it was it was the best ever. But I got so excited to do that. And after I was done, I checked my pockets and the giant bag of ecstasy that I had picked up before we left was one big ball of mush. <laughs> so... So I don't know. We don't know. Me and my ex-girlfriend, we don't know how much we're eating. We don't know what's in this. Is it mescaline? Is it this ecstasy or the other? It's just like a ball of wet sheetrock in a bag, right? So we're picking out pieces and we're eating this pasty shit. It's disgusting. And I, I kind of wish that she was in on this, uh, on this Zoom thing, because I think about it and I laugh every time. I remember her. We were kind of at the bottom of the ecstasy and she would, she would kill me right now. She's like a cop now and like married with kids and shit. But she opened up the plastic bag, like ripped open the plastic <laughs> bag and started licking the bag. And every single time she licked it, she would gag. Like, ah, ah, but she kept <laughs> licking it. And it was like, you're a fucking trooper, kid. You know what I mean? Fucking insane times and there's a lot of blurby you know parts i don't really remember i do remember i remember alanis morissette playing i remember wyclef set i remember limp biscuit came yeah. on and that was the first time that my ex-girlfriend was ever in any kind of a chaotic pit crowd atmosphere so as soon as they came on that place went bananas and we both got separated that was the first time we were separated the whole time but she knew where the tent was i figured you know meet at the tent then we'll you know we'll meet up later whatever 
But that was crazy. And I was in that whole mix for Limp Bizkit. And, and you know, the whole thing where guaranteed this documentary is going to fucking Limp Bizkit did this, they did that. No. Limp Bizkit didn't do nothing it fucking wrong. Cartoon. It wasn't even No, it wasn't. They played Saturday. You're thinking of Offspring played the night before. They were just a while. Uh, they didn't do anything wrong. It was, no, you know who did something wrong? The people that were handing out thousands of candles for the Jimi uh, Hendrix vigil on right. Sunday. They just kept passing them out. Matches. Fucking go ahead. We're going to light them later on this evening. Dude, everyone used that shit as, as fuel for the fire. Like, Of course. Was, yeah. No, we Insane. Bro, I mean, it, you saw it coming. I woke up Sunday morning. And I, I kind of like, I was like, just done. I saw, I, after the rage, after the incidents with like Rage Against the Machine, after with, Rage Against the Machine, um, I remember that. The that fucking, was, that was the Rage Against the Machine. They burned, oh they played right after them with the flag. They, they burned them oh. right after the limp oh set. It went limp, rage, Metallica. It was fucking nuts. It was right. the PA up. Right. Yeah. Now, all right, see, it was, it was Limp Biscuit, Rage, the Metallica. Yes, that was like the best night. That was the best right. night of the whole fucking show, besides yeah. the one, by the way. Because I was <laughs> right like towards the end of the Limp Biscuit set. I headed out of there to go check on my ex-girlfriend to see if she you made it back to the tent. Yeah, and I was wearing and I was wearing a tank top and shorts. And then I knew that Rage was coming on next. And at that time, I loved that band. Like that first record, like that was a soundtrack for me back in 92. So I went back to the tent and I got like pit ready. You know, I got, I put on like a, a brand new wife beater and my jeans, like top figure <laughs> jeans probably. And like my boots. And I went back and I went back for rage. And I was in the middle of 300,000 people on a face full of acid in a fucking pit with 300,000 people to rage. And it was a fucking experience. And I was so Yo, there was God. like 13 pits around me. Sorry to oh, interrupt, yeah. but I'm going to chime in. Oh, I, was count, I was counting the pits yeah, around huge circle pits. 13 of them that were gigantic. Each would had like fucking a thousand people in them yeah. and, and going nuts. It was fucking an experience. But it then, was awesome. But they, they actually caught me and Eric. So if you want to hear it, like, so during Rage, all I remember is it was fucking awesome. But I remember coming in, we love to, like, kind of find our way up to get to the front. And I still do that to this day. I'm still kind of just mingle my way up. But we had, he, he had to go. He couldn't take it anymore. Everybody kept touching him. His sunburn was so fucking bad. He was beat red. Looked like so I had a white just, beater on, but I didn't have one on. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, it was me and my girlfriend, and we're walking through, and on either side of us, there's fucking pits going off, and we're just, like, moving with the crowd. We're standing there, and we get the spotlight shown on us. Like, what the fuck? The security guy calls us over. He screams at us. We're like, what the fuck? We're not doing anything wrong. Nothing wrong at all. He's like, no, you are the only two girls I can see. And I'm like whatever he's that like no you are the only two girls i can see he's like you stay right here and i'm like fuck this so we start to move you get over here we got like all the security guards on the tower watching us we're having the best time we got to sit there watch metallica we had the greatest time like this is what i didn't understand i mean i understand things went wrong 
like things go wrong at concerts, but I had not had that experience and neither did my girlfriend or right. the other three girls we went with. We just, like every concert I've ever been to, there's that people protect you even though they don't know you. It's of course. the camaraderie of rock and roll. I kept like, a very just, close eye on the people I was with. And yeah. I took it very seriously that I was the only man there and I was definitely yeah. not letting it, anybody take advantage of those so, girls. But yeah, they were rage was awesome. They but then they they did they set the crowd. I think that's that that night got set from them lighting a flag on fire and starting their ranting and then you know just going on. But we just fucking jammed through it. We didn't give a shit. Like it was to me. Music. It was to me the turning point. The real turning point of the show was Limp Biscuit. Really was like it was just it wasn't them them. It just happens to be the lyrics, some of their songs, the time the frame, the yeah. heat. The mixture of the fact that that was the day the ATMs ran out of money, everybody had uh-huh. had enough, and when they I said, a whole bunch of cash, I wasn't. I didn't even think there was going to be an ATM machine there. When they, they said, when they, they said, give me something to break, <laughs> that's when people took the, that term very seriously. I mean, I was seeing, I'd never seen coolers. I'm talking full coolers flying through the fucking air yeah. in mosh pits. Oh yeah, having the dogs like igloo coolers. Like I've never been through. That. I mean, I've dodged mud piles, all oh, kinds okay. of shit at shows. Fist, fucking feet, you name it. But I've never dodged a cooler until that point in my life. Nice. Yeah, What's you up, guys, the mud people. You remember the mud people? Oh, oh, that wasn't people. mud, but yes. <laughs> I stepped in it in a pair of shoes I left behind us for that reason. Oh, that was so nasty. I thought it was mud too when I stepped in it. Let's just say those etnies never made it home. Man, yeah, those I wasn't, boys, I wasn't, those I wasn't doing around in the mud. What's up, Mike? Green, green Mike. Yeah, during Limp Biscuit, you remember they they were ripping the plywood. Yes, the center, the center sound. I guess the sound guys were in the middle of the crowd. They the were sound tower. The plywood off. And if you remember, Fred Durst was on top of one of those pieces of plywood. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean to, to the Porter Johns that were in the lake. I mean, the Porter Johns were surrounded by water. You had to walk through water, shit and piss. To get to that portageon, it was almost like I'd rather go find a spot out out in the middle of the woods somewhere, um, or behind a tent. Like that's how bad it was. And yeah. like when, if you remember, when Rage lit the flags on fire, they blew everything up. So it was like an hour and a half before Metallica even went on. Yes, I mean that I do remember. That's when they told us we couldn't move. Like he literally, they literally, like there was three guys standing there watching us they're like you better stay right here if you plan on staying or leave like we'll escape you we'll escort you out. out you came back because i we, remember you guys showing back up with metallica, metallica with me no you guys were at the tent with me watching now, maybe me you came back at the end of the dancing with metallica. i don't remember the best. No, i just remember being on acid at the tent listening we to metallica came, we left during limp biscuit went back to rage and you couldn't take it at rage ken you want to say something he was looking in the mirror on acid picking his face <laughs> i was i was sitting in my tent wondering about life and why the hell i was so burnt i was i was the same way i was in the pit and i had a couple little pieces of fucking sheetrock fucking ecstasy in my pocket and i'm eating little bits while i'm in the fucking pit during rage and a little acid and all this shit and i remember after rage i was so like fucked up in my head and just so tripping and exhausted from being in that whole situation that I went back and I did not watch Metallica. I was sitting in my tent with my ex-girlfriend just tripping out, listening to Metallica in the background. Yeah, I didn't watch Metallica either and that's what I went there for 
And honestly, like, um, I mean, not what I went there for. I went there for a lot of stuff, but I love Metallica, man. You know, Ride the Lightning and Master Puppets, two epic records. I was ready to hear them. The girl I was with, she passed out, knocked her head on the ground during Rage Against the Machine. I had to take her to the EMT tent. She was all hemmed up there. So I sat in, like, the medic tent and listened to Metallica going, motherfucker, ah, ah. All right, now check it out. Zach. Zach was eight years old in 1999, gallivanting around fucking Griffiths Air Force Base. I want to hear what you fucking remember. Listen, I remember a lot. I know it was a long time ago, but I remember a lot. And I mean, everything from my uncle passed out backwards in a tent for like, well, no, he wasn't passed out. He was trying to make his way out of a tent for the better part of a day or uh, my my dad ran off like last time I saw him was like Saturday morning at breakfast he had shown up with like a garbage bag full of uh, raisin bran and he was really excited about it and I didn't see him what? and my mom put out like one of those calls to the security tent for him just to piss him off <laughs> he showed up with a bag of raisin bran and that was like a big deal <laughs> I want to hang out with your dad. Yo, I want to hang out with the people that brought you there. They sound like fucking... Your dad sounds like somebody I could definitely hang out and have a cup of coffee with. Yeah, it was pretty pretty ridiculous. Where did you live at that time? At that time, I actually lived uh, in Orange County, New York. All right, so it wasn't that far. No, no, no. It was a couple hours. Well, I mean, it wasn't that far until you hit the traffic. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Unbelievable. So now... I, did, I, did everybody watch the trailer? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yes, I, I did. Have. All right. Because now they were saying, now one of the reasons why, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that your, your other friend, the other female tapped out, but I understand why she did. Because I wanted to get the female perspective because I think they're taking this documentary and they're putting like this 2021 like woke spin on it. And saying, you know, the girls were, you know, they were exploited and blah, blah, blah. Listen, I have, I have pictures of girls from a disposable camera. There's like six girls by themselves on top of like a fucking school bus, topless, dancing around and getting sprayed with water guns and all this shit. I don't think they were exploited. I think they wanted to do that because in 1999, before social media and all this stuff, that's what people like us did of that generation. Generation X kids did those things. So Generation X was fed sex, sex, sex. We were one of the highest teen pregnancy generations of all time. Right. So now it's like, it's like, I can't wait to see it. I'm looking forward to it. But it's like, but it's like, shut up, Moby. Like, I don't want to hear your opinion, Moby. You know what I mean? Oh, we had to get out of there. Like, there was impending doom. Like, it wasn't. Like, I don't, I hate the fact that the fire, that, that, that basically all everybody talks about that wasn't there is Limp Biscuit and the fires. But no one talks about the other three and a half days of awesomeness unless you complain that it was too hot outside no one talks about the actual experience of i met a lot of people like that i wouldn't have normally talked to especially in the 90s everybody was very judgmental on the way people looked 
that classified like what kind of person you were, a punk, whether yeah. you were into hip hop, whatever your style was, you were going to be judged on that. And I found at Woodstock 99, it didn't matter how old you were, what your style was. No. Everybody, like you said, everybody was passing joints. Everybody was, it really was that, that, that very small sense for those first two days of that peace and love was really there. It really was. There's always going to be bad people. And I guarantee you there was rapes and all that shit in 1969 too that yeah. nobody talks about. Because right. trust me, it, it's, that shit's been happening since the dawn of time. Bad apples are always going to be in a bunch. Right. Well, it says, I've read two different things where, where there's, it's all estimated of how many people were there. I've seen as low as 250,000 all the way up to 400,000. So whenever I, I talk about it. To the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever Saturday, I talk about Saturday, it. The fence broke down and people were just freely coming in. I mean, there's yeah, no way right. to really crack the right. actual numbers. Right. When I, whenever I talk about it, I just throw out 300,000 people for whatever reason. So now out of 300, and out of 300,000 people, listen, if you're in a room with 20 people, four of those people guaranteed are jerk offs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you get yep. 300,000 people in the heat and they're hungry and they're thirsty and it's such a long thing with the drugs. And then you're getting candles and this and that handed to you. And now I think that this documentary is going to spin it like these angry white males, blah, 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 blah. Because they even say some, this dark energy with these angry white males. It's like, what? What? Like, what are you talking about? No, you have an environment where candles are free and water costs five dollars. <laughs> right. In 1999, I could buy a fucking pack of cigarettes a Mountain Dew and a bag of chips for five dollars. Yeah. That's the point. Right. <laughs> yeah, but let me tell you something. I saw that one guy right before I jumped in the files. I saw a guy and he and he had like a cooler of maybe two dozen bottles of water and he wanted five bucks for a bottle of water. I gladly gave that guy 20 bucks for four bottles of water happily. Cause it was so hot. I wasn't complaining. I was like, thank God you're here. Fresh fruit was the best thing I bought all weekend. I paid, yeah. we bought, we bought two, somebody was smart enough. I bought an apple and an orange for $2. for $2. And that was the best $2 I spent the entire fucking weekend. I ate dry, I ate dry bagels and dry honey turkey. <laughs> uh, we survived on peanut butter crackers because my auntie made sure we had a package of them, like a case of peanut butter crackers. So yeah, but you need, you, need, you need to drink something with peanut butter yeah. shit. We had that and warm water. Yeah, like the what? water that sat in our tent all day and got hot. We had the water. We had water, but it was hot water every day. Oof. See, I had my, my cooler was halfway filled with ice. So it actually lasted like a good day and a half. Like my cold bottles of ice. People were looking at me like I had two heads. I'm walking around. <laughs> I'm walking around with a cold bottle of Heineken. People were looking at me like I was like, where the fuck did he get that? I just rolled it in along with everything else. I took a shot and I had cold beers. I mean, it didn't last very long. I mean, it was only a case. They were probably gone by lunchtime Saturday. You know what I mean? If not Friday. So it was a good time. We actually left Saturday for a little while to go find an actual bathroom. So that was a whole other adventure. So Saturday, Saturday, it's too much work. Saturday around noontime, we decided to leave Woodstock when we found out they would let you back in. So the first adventure was finding where we parked the Durango the night before <laughs> on Thursday. And after a whole lot of drugs on Friday, it was like, all right. And a few hours, we, somehow we found this fucking car. I have no idea how, but we found the Durango. 
and we go off and we find this place called Mama Joe's Cafe down the street. Mama, Mama Joe's Diner. And by diner, it was a bar where they literally set up fucking patio furniture in the back room of the bar and called it a diner. Nice. It was, I had never been that happy in my life to see a porcelain toilet and a porcelain sink. It was so clean in there It too. was like, the, so clean. bro, I, I must've spent a half hour in there like washing up in the sink, you know, taking a shit. Like, taking a bird I took all weekend. Went on. Got a hamburger, bought some beers, and then we then we go back. Because Thursday night, like you said, nobody was checking anything. You could kind of fucking just walk through. So I'm like, cool, I'm bringing beers back. I'm doing all this shit. So I go back to go back in, and they're like, you can't bring any of that in. I was like, you have to leave it here. I was like, fuck this. I just bought this. I sat there and drank them all outside the fence at the fucking security gate mm-hmm. before I went back in, because I was not going to fucking lose those beers. Oh, fuck that. All right, so who was who was there? Because obviously Mike Angela and myself were not. Who was there when it first started to pop off with the fires? Mike, were you there? Green Mike over there? I did I was not. I had left uh Sunday afternoon because uh it was either I hop in the car or I would I, I didn't have a ride home to New Jersey. So gotcha. uh, it was time to go. I left with a pot necklace on and uh, you know, I was I was fucking out of it. So <laughs> a pot necklace? Yeah, yeah. They were giving out these plastic pot necklaces. And I remember and, and I fucking lost that too. And I also had a sign that I ripped off the wall at the gates. Big white sign, a Woodstock 99 sign. And I lost that, you know, moving around. I, I wish I had that fucking thing. Oh um, man. Yeah, but I wasn't there that Sunday night when shit popped off. I remember I remember because I when you got home, it, it was on like special TV network to show itself that you had to pay for it. So no, I wasn't there. Zach, were you there? Yeah, I was you there. You probably started uh, the fucking thing, you little bastard running around. Uh, yeah, you know, I was screwing around. No, I do remember the candles though. I remember having the candles and uh, I I put mine inside like a water bottle, you know, which was like treasure there, a water bottle, and to hold them and everything. And I had like a three of them in a line. But um, I, I was standing right next to where they flipped over a VW bug. And at some point after the fire started, I heard that that bug caught on fire, exploded. I left before anything happened to that, to that bug. Uh, but uh, I, rem- I remember Red Hot Chili Peppers came on. Yep. They played a couple songs and it just like stopped. And it stopped for a second. And this guy walked out and like explained the situation. And he was like, we're all having a good time. But they included it on the two disc when you got it a few months later. You know, I don't have that. I got to buy the DVD. I don't have it. I, you can buy it easily, like on fucking eBay. I've seen it. But I, I, I got to buy it just to fucking... Yeah. I mean, there was certain shit, like, certain things stand out. Like, during, like, the Clef set, he told somebody, because, I mean, obviously, 99, except for me, everyone had plastic bottles. I have to, I'm the idiot with the glass beer bottle. But... He told everybody, I think, like to to, to to throw your bottles or something like that during Wyclef. And I was so fucking tripping my balls off that, I mean, I have to watch the DVD if it's on there. But it could have been maybe 200 bottles, but it seemed like there was like a million fucking plastic bottles in the air getting chucked at the same time. That, yeah, it- that happened during Kid Rock. That happened during and and Limp Biscuit too, because again, that's when I saw like you know the cooler jugs that like that the whole liquid, those things were fucking flying through the air. Yeah, I remember it happened during Kid Rock, but I specifically remember it happened during Y Club too. But it wasn't like everyone was throwing it at the stage. It was kind of like 
within the crowd they were getting thrown. But Limp, I mean, Kid Rock, they started going towards the stage. I remember that. that was I had fucking- to turn around because I, I was, you know, because you had to look behind you because there's fucking bottles coming your way, man. Bro, there's you know, fucking 250,000 people behind you. It's nuts. <laughs> I got the best pictures of it looking like it's just like raining. You can't tell what they are. And then you can see like green and like this because, you know, we had disposable cameras. Yeah, I did too. Technology. So we have, I have pictures of it from Offspring when they were just pucking bottles at us. He, thank God he's like a foot taller than all of us. So he just batting them off. But we got crushed with that shit. It hurt. Yeah. You could like a liter bottle. Wow. Yeah. Of course. Well, I want everybody, like like Zach sent the picture of his eight-year-old self in the, in the group thread that we had. So whatever pictures that you guys can find over the next day or two, just send them in that group chat. I mean, you can only post like, 10 pictures like in an instagram fucking thing or whatever so i'll include a bunch of them if you don't mind or whatever yeah i gotta i know i have some really good ones of like the main stage and stuff like that i remember i took like because i have some like really cool pictures of the main stage we we were actually probably about maybe nine or ten rows out on for corn on um on on when corn played and the mtv camera was right above our heads yeah, and my mom swears to this day that she saw us on the camera because she's like, I know, because I have this massive scar on the back of my head. She's like, I know your scar. She's like, that was totally you. And my head was shaved at the time, which yeah. was crazy. But yeah, we definitely made it down, probably too close during corn. No, right. too close. <laughs> I remember the cameras on cords going over your heads, like like yeah, they were raging against the machine arm that would zoom down and come down over. Yeah, you. yeah. He kept trying to jump on it. He kept trying to uh yeah what's it well, tried to, to climb onto it a few times but that was sam how you doing down there sam i'm good i'm just hanging just listening. yeah do you have any sam, i love your bowie poster my what sam's bowie poster can we take another oh. peek at that awesome bowie art on the wall just saying yeah yeah, yeah. there you go uh, do you have any questions for us or, or or a little hot take for us uh, I mean, not really, you know, just looking forward to the documentary. Um, I was, uh, skimming through the lineup. Um, you know, I, I, I would have picked out, you know, things that I wanted to see. Definitely some, uh, third base, some G love and special sauce, some roots, uh, definitely where I would have been for, well, for those. Days. All right. Well, he, well, here, well, here we go. Since since we're, we're doing all this ranting and people who weren't there on, and who are listening or watching, obviously we're on podcast time. It's not live. <laughs> Here we go. Wait. Aerosmith. Who saw Aerosmith? They were I don't there. Think they were there. Yeah, I don't think I they were there. I, they were they were on a they were on the flyer, but they yeah. Weren't that's why I always look at this because I'm looking at is like Aerosmith. Bush, the chemical. That was Friday night after corn. Friday night, yeah, it was Bush. Yeah, main stage they closed. The Chemical Brothers. Yep. Yep. They played the rave tent Friday night. George George Clinton. Yeah, he played Saturday on the on the on the uh, second stage. Um, I remember what day and what stage, bro. That's bananas to me. I Um, remember Dave Matthews. Collective Collective Soul. They Counting, were right stage. I don't remember when though. Counting Crows, Creed, Cheryl Crow, <laughs> DMX, Everlast, Fatboy Slim, Foo Fighters, 
Guster, Mickey Hart, Planet Drum, Ice Cube, Jewel, Corn, Limp Biscuit, Live, <laughs> fucking Los Lobos, <laughs> Dave Matthews Band, Metallica, Mo, Alanis Morissette, Willie fucking Nelson, Our Lady Peace, Rage Against the Machine, Sugar Ray, The Red Hot Chili Sugar Peppers, Rusty Root, The Brian Seltzer Orchestra, The Offspring, The Tragically Hip, Wyclef. Yeah, I remember most of those actually. And I could say what, like, because I, I actually watched the DVD like sometime around 2004 just to actually see what I missed in life. Yeah. And I'm like, kind of like, a, like, as I had met somebody else who had went to the Woodstock and was like, we watched it together, kind of same thing we're doing now, just kind of took each other's perspective of what it was like. Yeah. And then we came to realize that we were only a block away because, you know, they had like the little streets there for the tent areas. We were one, one street block apart. Mm. No, yeah, Mike, like, no, no Mike Ness or the Super Suckers? I don't remember. See, there was so much going on. on. There was things going on at the same time on various stages and with all the drugs, and it took a while to get from place to place. So, I mean, obviously, I didn't see all of this. You know what I, I would mean? Estimate, I would estimate, and maybe you guys can back this up, I would estimate it was easily a mile from fucking main stage to the south stage. It probably yeah. was about that. Yep. And it was a fucking hike. The runways were a V. That many people. What, what happened, Mike? The runways were Mike? like a V. And in between the V, there was 10 sections. And at the end of the Vs, there was the, the stages, if you remember. So, yep. it, I mean, it was fucking, it was. It was almost like a mile. And, like, playing? believe it or not, like, during the day, I was in that tent where I was trying to find some type of shade and pushing drugs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I didn't have no food. So I'm giving people shit so I can get food, water. I remember there's some lemonade stand, man. Like people are buying me lemonade. I'm giving them drugs, you know, because I had a lot of ketamine at the time. Um, yeah, it was unbelievable. Like, you should have you know, came to my tent, bro. I would have hooked you up with a ham sandwich. Yeah, bro, we would have traded you water and fucking peanut butter crackers for drugs all day. Yeah, I had enough food. I think I threw food away. I had I stole you up with some cereal. Like, yeah, you would have helped me up with some fucking dry ass raisin bran. But <laughs> I had, I probably had about a total of probably about 10 pounds of cold cuts. Like, I got like a pound of honey turkey, like two pounds of ham, a pound of salami, cheese, like all this shit, like a container of mayo, a container of mustard, like two dozen bagels, a loaf of bread, like all this shit packed in with mixed in with all my beers and some waters. So I think I had to fucking throw away some food. Like I really did. Cause when you're on acid, you're not hungry. So I was on acid for three and a half days. So I would eat just to survive. That was it. You know what I mean? The apples and stuff. I agree with you, dude. I, 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 if it wasn't for warm water and peanut butter crackers, with all those drugs, I might not have eaten anything. Fruit from the gods. Yeah, fruit from the gods. Whoever that yeah. person is, if I ever met that person today, I would give them like two hundred dollars and just say thank you for that two dollar fruit that day. Because I know nice. you don't want to hear about it, but I wasn't about to pay ten dollars for a piece of cardboard from the like Pizza Hut, you know, express little machine that they had. Like they had like a little assembly line. They had like that whole setup for food, and we walked over there. Every time we walked over there, we're like, yeah, we're gonna get food. 
I never remember getting food. I always remember going, yeah, no. And we just turn around and like. Yeah. I didn't buy any food whatsoever there. I just bought I bought four bottles of water that I could remember from that one guy. And I still, it was like ice cold water. It was like the greatest fucking shit ever. But I don't remember. I think I, I bought a few beers from like the rave tent or like right outside the rave tent, I want to say. And they were soup. I don't remember how much it was like 12 bucks for like a, for like a plastic cup of like some shit tap beer. I remember. I don't know what the fuck kind of beer it was, but all I know is it was really expensive and I was thirsty and there was no water. So fuck it. I'm drinking beers. But I know I, I know I left there with like four singles left in my pocket. I brought a couple of hundred dollars. I don't know what the fuck I spent it on. If I lost some of it, don't have any idea. I know I bought a lot of fucking balloons. I know I bought a lot of nitrous. <laughs> so probably about a hundred bucks worth of nitrous. Me and my ex-girlfriend are sucking on balloons. Fucking yeah, but I remember, bro, I also yeah. remember people bitching about like, because on Saturday they were price gouging with the water. Because I remember people bitching about they're charging fifteen dollars for a bottle of water. And you remember like, that too. And like people, you know, like when I got home because I wasn't there Sunday night, there was a lot of my friends that stayed, and they said that the people trashed all them fucking spots that were price gouging. Like everything got trashed and burned. Um, that that were doing that. That you know that that's yeah, it's fucked up. That's like, it's like 50, like I understand the whole, listen, supply and demand. And I'm sure people did fucking spend 15 bucks for a bottle of water. I'm sure they did, but that's fucked up. Like five bucks is already in 99. Like that's a lot for a bottle of water, but I kind of get that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's they easy. definitely did that. Talk about $2 for a little cup of aloe, like a medicine cup full of aloe that's not even full. Because the sunburn that you have, and they know because this is like see, see, see now, see now. I have a picture. I don't know. I have a picture that I think I might have sent in the thread. It's me. My ex girlfriend took the picture. It's me and two guys, and those two guys I think were in the tent, like in front of us. They were from like Michigan. They drove all the way from like Detroit or something. And in that picture, we're putting on fucking sunblock. I was prepared for class and brought fucking not some tan sunblock. And what's fucked up, this tattoo, this tattoo right here was about four days old when I went there and I had a tank top on. So I brought it to keep on putting sunblock on it. It was a brand new fresh tattoo and it was felt like it was on fire for three and a half days. But I didn't complain because I put myself in this situation. No, we had being the guinea pig for all the being the guinea pig for all the drugs that we took that weekend, and being the person who decided that I should test them all for the ladies before we took them. Yeah, I kind of forgot about sunblock because by by the time I came back and started handing them drugs, I was already way gone. Yeah, I think I think we put like essential items for like the day in like my girlfriend's like backpack because it was such a mission to get back to the tent. So it's like, all right, what are we gonna need? for like several hours out in the shit. So it was like, I had a bottle of water, the drugs, some money, suntan lotion, maybe a couple of bagels to, to fucking chew on something. But, <laughs> but yeah, man. But overall, listen, I know that the whole thing, especially for people who weren't there, gets overshadowed by 
what they, the media, want to tell you, which is Limp Biscuit and the fires. There was so much other awesome shit that went on. Like, I don't remember any fights or any fuckery going on while Alanis Morissette is fucking singing Hand in My Pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was fucking cool. Wyclef was cool. Like, a lot of it was really fucking cool. And... And I don't want to, and I and I don't want to put the blanket statement on that girls were exploited either because they weren't. They weren't. Bad shit happened, but bad shit happens every day on the street in America. Right, right, right. But you also, you guys remember? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, '90s girls. Yeah, Mike. If you remember the week after the event, you had bands denouncing because girls got raped at night. And I didn't see none of that because I was out there. I did not. I mean, you heard things in the distance. You heard people, you know, you heard a couple of fights here and there. You heard girls screaming, but like um, not screaming in the sense that you knew they were getting raped or something. But I remember bands the week after hitting the news outlets and saying, you know, it's messed up that girls were assaulted and all that stuff. I do remember that, you know, well, but I, didn't well, I, I remember a little bit of that. I didn't see any of that. The rape I didn't have partake the in rape any of that. Mainly ground zero for that, dude. From what I remember, the rave tent was the real spot where that was going on. Well, 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 people are fucking dancing and bumping and grinding, probably. It's a different element with going on in that small tent. You got a bunch of people on ecstasy, and you feel like you're on another planet. You're in a place where you're not home. No one knows me, blah, blah, blah. So I understand why that would happen there. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking terrible. But I just hope that people realize that the whole place wasn't a fucking riot rape fucking brawl. Oh, God, no. It was not. It was and nowhere you know, near that. As, as girls, we will do what we want to do. That, that was the whole thing back then. Like, what you were saying earlier. You know, you saw groups of girls doing what they wanted to do on the bus. They were naked. They were doing what they want. We still do that. But that was what we were doing back then. We were starting this whole empowerment thing. Like, we we called the shots when it came to sex most of the time in our relationships at that time. Like we were very sexual people. We still are actually. If, if you talk to most of the friends that you know that are your age, our age, right. that's what we did. We weren't like these pushover, like little flowers that were like, oh, oh no, you know, right. no. There was we girls. There was girls on top of guys' shoulders everywhere, and they yeah. were they were on their own. They weren't being coaxed. There was no gun to their head. They were taking their shirts off and they were having fun and being, I guess, quote unquote, free with themselves. Bro, I can't count how many concerts I went to from 1997 to 2001 where the camera during bands would literally scan the crowd for looking for girl. tits. That's all they did. Of course. That's what they did. Yeah. So, no, it wasn't an exploitive, like, no, we, I, I, don't, I don't think it was. I, right. I, it, I know it wasn't for fact, like, meant to be at all but yeah i hope this thing that they have on hbo isn't just geared toward how you know awful it was for the girls that they had to go through this because yes we went there knowing we were going to be there with the people we're going to be with just like we do every time we wake up every day we go out we live our life something happens something happens you can't be fucking scared of your life like i go to concerts by myself all the time yeah of course. I don't, I don't, not, no problems. Does anyone remember? Because I have a couple of pictures of them. Do you? Does anyone remember 
I think this was Friday because by Saturday it was probably all over. But there was girls walking around all over with no <laughs> shirts on, but they were all airbrushed. They had like yeah, airbrush shit. I, I have pictures of these girls with airbrushed tits, and they were all together. And I'd be like, "Girls, come and go. Let's take a bit." Ah! And they were all posting the pictures. And my ex girlfriend is standing next to me, and I'm taking pictures of these girls who obviously airbrush their tits so people can take pictures and they were like take pictures like they were offering I have, I have a photo album I have a photo album show of pictures of me with freaking the airbrush girls and countless other girls top and you were eight yeah yeah I was eight well my uncle brought two people the cameras and just, just filled them up legend, dude. who's better than fucking Zach yeah. I even got you're one with twins. Bro, you're legend, bro. You're legend. <laughs> yeah, you have legend. a you have an eight year you're, you're eight years old and you have a picture with topless twins. Yeah. Nobody's better than you, my man. Sorry, bro. You lived the dream, man. You lived the dream at eight years old. Yeah, that was actually in the movie tent. If you guys remember the movie tent, and I think everybody was movie tent. in there. To the be whole honest, fucking right? weekend was like a movie. <laughs> no, no, but they had this one tent. It wasn't air conditioned, but they had a giant industrial fan in the back. You know. And we would go chill there for like maybe an hour once a day, you know, just to cool off and everything. I don't remember that at all. Hey, yeah. Jimmy, can I ask an around the horn question that everybody can answer individually? Sure. Would you go back again and what would you do differently? <laughs> would I go back again right now or if no, it was 1999? You knowing what you know now, would you go through that moment in time all over again and how would you do it differently if you would? One thousand percent yes. And what would I do different? I would bring probably another two disposable cameras. Um, I would probably bring, since I know that I can get in the front gate with my shit, another couple of cases of beers. I would have brought a little bit more water. And other than that, nothing. I had plenty of drugs. At the time, I was with my ex-girlfriend, who was the fucking best. We lived together at the time. We were together for a while. She was fucking awesome. Um, I had a great time. We were prepared as far as having money on us, sunscreen, and all of that. So that worked out. So, yeah, probably... More beers, an extra camera or two, and maybe a couple two-tree bottles of water. Other than that, it was great. I have no bad memories of that whole weekend at all. None. Green uh, Mike, what about you, brother? I was, uh, I was, you know I was going to answer. I am a recovering drug addict now, man. I'm actually missing a meeting right now. But uh, honestly, I would probably bring more drugs because I could have got whatever I wanted after the fact. So. Um, but you, you know, you were scared to bring too much stuff in, you know, because you didn't know if you can get it in or not. Right. You know, but uh, yeah, I would definitely bring more drugs, you know, because I could have got water, I could have got food, I could have got anything. The trading that was going on, you know, you could have got anything you want if you had the drugs. Yeah. So I had plenty of fucking K, but like, I wish I had more E. I wish I had more fucking mess. You know, yeah. I, I all that stuff. I wish I had it all, but like, uh, yeah, I, that's probably what I would do now. Just bring more drugs. That's it. Drugs. Everything else, you were good. Yeah. I had toilet paper. I had toilet paper. I'm, I'm going to say I would go, uh, obviously. Um, 
but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm also like, man, I have like 22 years sober or something. So more than likely I would not take drugs, <laughs> but well, um, at the time we're, we're talking, we're, we're going back to 99, right? Uh, 90, 99, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I like, I'm such a like fan of festivals to begin with. I'm like, uh, you know, like my musical tastes are so varied that I, like, I just, I'm, I still go to festivals and I still love it. Like, yeah, I would completely go and enjoy every single goddamn band uh, because man, that's, that's what I do. And that's what I love. Big, yes. big, big fan of festivals and, and uh, off the off topic slightly there, you know, there's a show called this is pop on Netflix it's a docu-series by the guys uh, that do the banger productions. And one of the episodes uh, revolves around music festivals and the whole history of them from the beginning, the first one to the last one. And it's really good. I totally recommend it. And now I recommend listening to Sam's podcast, the Red River podcast, because he does a lot of pop culture stuff, movie shit, all kinds of cool shit, and his band called Playing Dead. So check it out, everyone on this little Zoom thing and everyone listening and watching. Sam has hey, been I, on the podcast several episodes ago, just me and him bullshitting about things like that as well. So go back in the archives and fucking listen. Zach, what would you do? Bring milk for your fucking raisin bran? Yo, listen, that was a point of contention with my mother. She's like, what am I going to do with all these dry flakes? But... <laughs> <laughs> What I will tell you, what I will tell you is I would bring, I know exactly what I would bring. I would bring my own volleyball because I saw these giant volleyballs all weekend. And I'm like, why can't I play with them? Why do they keep throwing them away? Why can't I keep one? And now I know they're all filled with nitrous. So I couldn't have any. <laughs> Yo, in the picture that you said in the group chat, which I'm going to post on the Instagram post when I drop this episode, you have something in your hand. And I swear to God, at first I thought it was a pack of Marlboros. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it's just my water bottle or something. or maybe it's something red. Fan. I know it's something red. I was like, this kid is... It might be my little red mini fan or something, yeah. Something. I had to look at it again. I smoke. So I'm like, this kid's eight at Woodstock smoking cowboy killers. This kid's fucking awesome. <laughs> that would have been legend, bro. Legend, little legend. He was hanging I out was with Bob to find the people that were in those pictures, or at least the girls that were topless in my photo album. <laughs> like, what happened to y'all? Yo, yo, you got to send, send some, send some. I won't post well, it because I'll get flagged. I got to hit my question. uncle up, yeah. The real question is, how many of your teenage friends about three years later asked to look at that photo album repeatedly? Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody wanted to see it all the time. But it was yeah. at my uncle's, you know? So, like, I'd be like, oh, I can't. And, you know, my parents, of course, they were like, you can't tell people you have that. <laughs> yeah. See, and around that whole time, because there was no cell phones and shit, I always, even, not even just at Woodstock, I always, for some stupid reason, had a disposable camera with me all over, like even like local bars and shit in the limelight in the city and the earth, I would have a disposable camera and people would be like, what the fuck do you have a camera for? You know what I mean? But I still have every single picture that I got developed and all my knucklehead friends that I still talk to are like every once in a while, they're like, Yo, man, like, let me see those fucking pictures. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, now you're glad that I had that camera because I captured some yeah. shit that you wouldn't even fucking remember. But I'm the idiot well, with the camera that has awesome shots. Here's the trick, okay? When you only had 28 shots, each one had to mean something. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's true. And in the dark, you had to wait for the little blinking fucking light to flash. Almost the flash don't go off. And that's a waste of a fucking shot. 
No yep. selfie. When you're on acid, everything looks like it's right in front of you. So you just think you're taking the perfect shot. And it's not. <laughs> so now what would you guys, Angela, what would you change? And would you go back? Oh, totally go back. I'd go back today, even if it was going on. I mean, shit, if the bands were right. Like, that's what determines if I go to a show anyway. But um, I think I would have been a little bit more prepared for money. You know, back then you said like the ATMs, we had to use them. We went Thursday night. We showed up at midnight. We walked and camped. We didn't get paid till Friday. Like direct deposit was a real thing back then. Remember? Yeah. It still is. But we didn't have access to the money or you couldn't go to the bank and get it because you were getting paid on fucking Friday. You know, and some of us kids live check to check. Oh, <laughs> so- fuck yeah. I only worked for party money. I, I lived with my ex-girlfriend. We lived in a fucking one bedroom apartment in Brooklyn. We paid like $750 with gas electric included. We had a car, but it was like, we, 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 we worked for party money and that's all it was. Yeah. My money was mine, but, um, you know, that was, that's really it. I would, I we would have just been a little bit more prepared, but other than that, we had a tent. I had a, I had some place to sleep. I had my friends who were watching me, you know, we had the buddy system. I had the best time. Everyone, you know, anytime I talk about, I had the best fucking three days that I could have ever had. And me too. again, me too. Okay. The things I would change. Yes, I would do it again. 100%. You would do it right now. Look at you. I would do it right now. Absolutely. <laughs> I kind of I still live on the road. Like I, I kind of still like my job involves a lot of trade shows and touring as it is. So I'm always on the road anyway, as you know, but uh, I do. I would do it right now. Yes. I would still room with the same person again. Cause she was the fucking best roommate ever. Um, I would drop the other three girls that we kind of didn't know. There's no, a weird backstory. There's a backstory of how these randos ended up with us that <laughs> I would not take again. And I would take Angela and Erica again, absolutely. And by far, like probably at least five to 10 times more acid than I did. <laughs> yeah. I probably would have taken a 10 strip a day if I could, if I knew now what I knew then. Right. Yeah, so all of us are basically like, we just should have brought more drugs and maybe a little bit more water. That's well, it. I'm not going to have any shame in it and be like, no, I would have brought like cold water, not warm, and just done more acid. Right. Smoke more weed. If that was possible, I would have smoked more weed. Right. <laughs> I just got to say, you know, Woodstock, it's a, such a high bar for me because my first two concerts were Gore and Woodstock 99. That's smoking great. This kid's killing it down here. All right. All right. Ready? My first concert was with her and we saw Pink Floyd. My first show ever was Anthrax at Lemoore's in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, original lineup, man. I've seen Anthrax a few times. They're pretty fucking tight. Yeah. They went on the, they, they were, that was on the State of Euphoria tour and they were, they were huge at the time and they went under the alias Satan's Lounge Band. They went under a fake name but I knew it was them because there's a song called Satan's Lounge Band, which is on a B-side of the I Am The Law European 12-inch single. I Am The Law European 12-inch. Wow, you're going deep, dude. I'm a big Anthrax fan. You should listen and watch all of the things they've been putting out. I know Sam has been watching. They're up to like episode like 20-something. They're like 15, 20 minutes because this year is their 40th year anniversary as a band. And they're doing like these 15, 20 minute, like I guess little mini episodes from the very beginning through every album and everything like that. They're super fucking cool. But Anthrax are one of my favorite bands still to this day. Mike, oh, what was your first show ever? Uh, 
was at the uh, in Asbury um, at the Fast Lanes Bolt Thrower and some death metal bands. Fuck it, of course I know who Bolt Thrower is. That rules. Yeah. yeah, that was my first show. Uh, we I was roadieing for one of my friend's bands uh, in high school, so I got to go in and get in free. What was your friend's band? Uh, Cryptic Realm out of Asbury. Okay, I thought you were about to say Cryptic Lord. I was about to lose my shit, but okay, cool. <laughs> Sam. First show uh, I ever went to, uh, I was like pretty old. I was probably like 15 or 16, uh, and it was Green pretty Day. Pretty old. Green Day oh. at Irving Plaza. Who is it? Green, Green Day, Day at Irving Green Plaza. Green Day. I thought you said creator. I'm like, really? <laughs> no, no, no. And it's funny because like I... Uh, I only liked that one record, but we, you know, my friends went and I was like, I'll, I'll go. And then yeah, fuck it. there, you know, how many uh, yeah, shows no. I went to that I hated the band, but like my friends went. So I just fucked yeah. them anyway. I mean, it you was a big record. Go ahead. Get Sam. No, yeah, no, it was a big record for sure. Like I love it. I was actually having this session yesterday with my girlfriend about like Dookie and like how, you know, it was like a catchy record. Uh, and we loved Irving Plaza. And then from there, like I, I started hanging out with the kids that just, went to more shows and that was like the first time that i was like oh like we could do this like we could actually just go to the city hop on a train so it was kind of like a big deal and from there it's just man ever since from 16 to 15 probably 15 to 43 yeah ever since has anybody here since we're on this festival topic um we'll go off a little bit who have have anybody here have have you gone to any Lollapaloozas? Yes, 1995. I went 93 and 94. Mike, you ever go to a Lollapalooza? I'm not sure if it was one. It was in Camden. Um, Who I played? a lot of drugs then, too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, uh, I think it was, uh, I want to say, 2001, 2003. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was 93. It was like Alice in Chains, Primus, fucking, it was insane. Rage Against the played that year. Ministry played. No, that uh, was the first year. Oh, that was the first time of 92. You're right. Yeah, that was Ice Cube, Jane's Addiction. Yeah, I didn't. The Beastie Boys played, right? Yes, I was there. And I have a quick 94 Law of Blues story, and it still gets me mad to this fucking day. I went there. My boy Dan, Dan the man with the acid plan, he fucking. I bought a whole shitload of acid from him because I was going to sell it at Lollapalooza 94, right? I was getting it for like $2 a hit. I could sell it there for like 10 easy, right? So I have, I don't know how many hits, but I have them folded in half and they're on the inside of my fucking pack of Marlboros, right? I'm tripping on acid and I'm walking around. I smoke my last Marlboro and throw my fucking box away with all the fucking acid. <laughs> Me and my friend John for like two hours are digging through garbage, looking around for fucking empty Marlboro box, never found it, destroyed my whole day because I had no extra acid to eat. I had nothing else to sell and it just fucked up my whole shit. I was, I'm still mad at that. Here to balance well, this out, I got a good Lollapalooza one real quick. My mom got herself backstage and got Joey Ramone's autograph for me at, uh, I think, 97. 90, 96. 96. Nice. You got a family of wackadoos over there, Zach. That's kind of <laughs> awesome. 
They yeah, make shit you know. happen. Your family <laughs> makes shit happen, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's how they breed them in New York, you know. Yeah, man. That's fucking funny. Yeah, 90, yeah, Lollapalooza 93, Lollapalooza 94. I did not go to Woodstock 90, 94. I don't know why. I know people that went. I did not go. And then I, the next one I went, and the last big festival that I went to was Woodstock 99. And I don't think anything could ever top that. Especially now, I'm 45. I have a kid. I have a job. I have responsibilities. So there's no more eating acid at fucking four-day festivals anymore for me. But I think I went out on a really good fucking note to cap off the 90s with this fucking festival. That was a good one, bro. I, 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 I went to Chicago. I went to Chicago uh, just recently, maybe in like the last couple of years for Riot Fest. I was so there too, we, my we just, friend. Oh, yeah, it was fucking great, man. Like, Riot Fest like, is we fucking stayed, awesome. Riot Fest is the best. Like, that's like my favorite lineup. Um, really? I did go to a Lollapalooza in Chicago as well, but like Riot Fest is kind of killing it now. And uh, I'd, I'd go there this year if, if, uh, if I could, but I guess at the moment we can't. So. I my, might actually... my guitarist is getting married. I might actually be at Riot Fest this year, actually, because a charity I volunteer for asked me to volunteer that weekend. So I might actually be there at Riot Fest this year, but probably after Woodstock 99, uh, being at all three nights of the Grateful Dead's 50th in Chicago, that was pretty much up there with 99 Woodstock. No shit. That was an experience, dude. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. I'm not into the dead, but I, but I understand the deal. Just from the walking through the parking lots, just everything about it, just it's it's something that even if you don't even like the Grateful Dead, everyone should experience once in their life. All right. Well, no one can anymore because Jerry tapped out. Yeah. Right. Good shit. Well, you can go to the Dead and Company and get a similar feeling. They're touring this summer. All right. Well, I'm not going to count myself out as far as going to a festival, but I think all the drug days, the, the, I, I'm not going to say I think, I know that the drugs are out. So yeah, I don't know if I have, yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm, done. I'm almost seven years, I had like seven years completely sober. Then I went nuts for like three and a half years. And now I'm back for like almost seven years completely. So I don't drink, I don't smoke pot. Like I said, I have my little, my little bouncy fucking jewel vape and I drink Red Bulls for shits and giggles. I plan That's on I, I plan on relapsing on my 25th year, so I got to nice. There you go. I'll be honest I'm, with you guys. Um, I'm a recovered alcoholic, and when I got sober, that left me with uh, lack of an L5S1, so I'm missing a disc in my back. So I'm permanently handicapped and in chronic pain. And due to that, no, uh, I will. I'll be very, very loud in saying the cannabis is my choice for pain management, personally, okay. and for handling some other mental issues I have with depression and anxiety. Because I won't go on um, opioids because of my natural ad addictive personality. Yeah. I know where that's going to lead me. So I kind of live in a gray sober area because a lot of people don't get where I live. They don't understand what it's like. But to me, I live the principles of sobriety, which are clarity, being present in the moment, being accountable for myself, making sure that I am aware of, of, of my presence in a room and how that affects other people. You know, I do uh, my step work. I have a great sponsor who supports me. So um, I have a lot of respect for you guys in this room and your choices too. to whatever it led you here. Forget about it. But you're here now. So a lot of respect for everybody in this room who's gone down that path. Awesome. Yeah, that's why I say I I'm glad that I can tell these stories with a smile on my face. I try not I'm not glorifying it, but no, 
it I'm talking about a specific time in history that things didn't go off the rails yet because later on in life I had my bigger issues and shit wasn't fun anymore, but I found myself doing crazy things and it just led me down a bad way. But throughout the nineties, it was all innocent fun with very little responsibility and the people and my age group and the people that I hung out with and my surroundings in my neighborhood, that's what we all did. You know what I mean? All of us, my whole neighborhood did the same shit. And it was all innocent fun. So that's why I can look back. That's why I can look back and smile because it's very nostalgic. And I'm also happy, and it might sound cheesy, but I'm grateful that I'm here to tell those stories and to laugh about it. And I'm not going to apologize for anything that I did. Fuck all that. I didn't fucking hurt nobody. No, he's not intentionally. I never killed nobody. I never raped anybody. I never touched anybody inappropriately. I fucking was in a bunch of, with a bunch of people who did crazy shit. Mostly we did more harm to ourselves than anybody else. So, I mean, it might sound like I'm glorifying it because I, I talk about it with a smile on my face because it just brings back an innocent time of no responsibility and the whole nostalgia of it. And it was fun. And that's all it was. It's no deeper than that, you know? Well said, brother. I'll put it this way. My daughter is almost the same age as I was when I went to Woodstock, my older daughter. I can tell you now, fuck no when I let her go. Right. Oh, fuck that. No way. <laughs> fuck that. No. I use myself as a clear-cut example to my, my daughters, especially of how not to live life. Right. Where poor coaches can lead you. Yeah. Hey Jimmy, I gotta run though. I'm gonna upload some pictures when I get them from. My yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Well, I'm about to cut this anyway. We're going I, almost an hour and a half. So, Mike, any closing words, my man? Uh, don't do drugs. No, uh, <laughs> no. Nah, nah, honestly, no. Nah, honestly, it, it was a it was a time that uh, is definitely you know. Well, no one will ever experience probably anything like that again. Because nope. um, there's no control. They don't have any control over it, and they, they found out firsthand. But, like, uh, it's definitely a time that, that sticks out in my life that was a lot of fun, you yeah, know? My, 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 my story goes down a dark path, too, but you know what? All those things happen for a reason, and we're here today to tell, you know, tell stories about it. So, Try it. Awesome. Mike, Mike, thank you for taking time tonight and uh, missing a meeting. As somebody who's been to those, I know what that takes, bro. So, Matt, again, Jimmy, Mike, everybody else who here is in, who's in recovery – it's a, you guys all know it's a one day thing, a one day at a time thing. So mad respect for everybody to have survived. Absolutely. Zach, the little Thank you. Mike, if you got to go, my man, go ahead. I'm not going to hold you hostage. I appreciate your time, brother. No, thank you for the opportunity. Good night. And God bless, guys. All right. Everybody follow at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace on Instagram so I can tag all you fucking maniacs. You got it. All oh, right. Dude. Mike, big respect, my man. We'll Peace. be in touch. Who's left? Zach. Any closing words? Yeah, no, I was just going to uh, say, I don't know if you guys remember those uh, PlayStation trucks. Like, if I can go back, I'd play more on those. I don't remember trucks. that shit at all. <laughs> I remember when we were walking in, there was just like a line of people just playing PlayStation on this Sony truck. And I was like amazed by that. It was like the coolest thing I ever seen in my oh, life. Oh, because you were eight. Yeah, I had no yeah, idea. yeah, of course. It probably was part of my video game addiction. It led, it led towards a little bit. <laughs> nice. I don't remember that. No, I mean, <laughs> uh...
remember hiding under a fucking eighteen wheeler at one point for shade. <laughs> I, I I just tried to make it back to my tent for shade. I would sit in there on acid and lose my fucking marbles in there, and then venture out and fucking go mindlessly wander aimlessly. Oh no! Yeah, I just remember wandering in the day, laying in the tent during the day, and rocking out all night. Like just yeah. having the best fucking time. Yeah. And I still do. Every time I go to a show, it's like, yep, that's just how we do it. They couldn't believe when I went out Friday morning. I was like, I'll be back in an hour with all the drugs we need. And I came back with like fucking slew of drugs. Like, what the fuck? And I was like, told you, give me an hour. Yeah. yeah. Money, and I'll come back with all the drugs. Oh, there was drugs everywhere, man. All over the place. Well, good shit, man. Well, listen, I'm just going to, I'm going to do a really, really, really quick abridged version. I have to shout out my three sponsors real quick. Follow Generation Records on Instagram at Generation Records. They're located at 210 Thompson Street in the West Village here in New York City. If you can't go to the brick and mortar spot, go to generationrecords.bigcartel.com and order something online. They've been around since 1992 and they survived the pandemic and they're an actual record store and there's not many around. So support actual physical music. Generation Records on Instagram, generationrecords.com. Second, Dead Sled Coffee, if you're a coffee drinker, follow them at Dead Sled Coffee. Um, if you go to deadsledcoffee.com and you put in promo code Brooklyn Blast, you'll get 20% off your order and any order over $60 is free domestic shipping. Last but not least, New Republic Printing. Follow them on Instagram at New Republic Printing. Go to newrepublicprinting.net. You, there's a drop-down menu. Any kind of brand of clothing you want something printed on, they can do it for you. The best thing about New Republic Printing is there's no setup fees. There is no screen fees. And if you get your order shipped to a commercial address like your job or wherever, a commercial address, it's free UPS ground shipping. So Sam can order 5,000 Playing Dead t-shirts and get a hundred boxes delivered to his job, and it doesn't cost you an extra dime, Sam. So, New Republic Printing, follow them, and those are my three sponsors. Thank you. That was the quick version. I had to do it with my eyes closed. I had to do it with my eyes closed, or else I forget. That's good, nice. bro. Cool beans. All right. Well, I see Zach. Much respect to Danny Boy and the Outsiders House Museum. I have my House of Pain shirt, but it's not Tommy Boy. It is. Danny Boy, if anybody doesn't know that Danny Boy from House of Pain bought the house that the Outsiders was filmed in, and he created the Outsiders House Museum, and he does great shit, and he's a good friend, so shout out to Danny Boy from House of Pain and the Outsiders House and everything that he does in and around the Tulsa area. Playing exactly how I met you, if you recall. Probably. I met you at La Coca Nostra because you were trying to interview Danny for the podcast and you asked me if I was the security guard for the back room. So I just texted Danny and was like, yo, this dude wants to talk. Oh, that's fucking right. I I went in the back. I went in the back because Danny was like, yeah, dude, like, come on. And I only wanted to do like a quick 15, 20 minute thing with him. And we pulled out metal chairs and he, we, we were talking for like an hour. And like, yeah. I felt like I was imposing on it, but he was just talking. And it, like, I say this a lot. Like, if you told me in 1992 that I would be backstage in Philly bullshitting with Danny Boy, not even about anything about music, but about fucking soda pop and fucking Pony Boy and Tulsa, I would have thought you were crazy. But since then, me and Danny, we speak often and we, we're in super, like, we communicate all the time. And 
Danny is one of the greatest people ever. Like he does, he does awesome shit. And my hat goes off to that dude. Great human being for anybody who hasn't been to the house, please get there someday. You know, I've, yeah. I've and, been and, it's, and it's weird because he's not even like Danny from house of pain anymore. He's just, he's just Danny. It's just weird. It's, it's, I, I completely agree with you there. I've known him for a very, very long time now. I've known, I've got the, the house many times. Like I said, if you ever get the opportunity, go, go. It's unbelievable. Bro, Leonardo, no DiCap- Leonardo DiCaprio was there like three days ago. Yeah, oh, no, it was just there this weekend. Me a, a screenshot of it, freaking out. Was like, Dad, did you see that Danny? Danny knows Leo, and I was like, so I sent the, I sent it to Danny. I was like, Danny, check this out. He starts fucking laughing. Yeah, I was like, dude, I was like, my daughter's like losing her mind right now. Keep it, yeah. keep it up. It's fucking awesome. So shout out to fucking Danny and the outsider's house and all that shit. Um, Sam, follow his shit. Playing dead on Instagram. Right, Sam? Come on, plug your shit, guy. Yeah, Playing Dead NY, you know, it's a band. We play music. Uh, and, you know exactly uh, who you are, Sam. I got my seven-point tattooed right here. Wait. I, I think uh, you might have me mistaken for someone else. <laughs> no, the band, the band Playing Dead, correct? Yeah, but I, I hate the Grateful Dead. Okay, so I'm thinking <laughs> of a cover band. Yeah, you're, you're thinking of like a cover band. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah, no. Nah, Sorry, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate the Grateful Dead. Well, I, I have no opinions on them, but like sharing a name with, with a, a tribute band um, definitely <laughs> puts them on my radar a little bit more. So it, it's uh, it's it's definitely like a, a funny, you know, the, like the last 10 years, like I we get messages and I'm just like, we're not a, we're not a cover band. We're not right. a government, but right. yeah, it's cool. It's all good, you know. Um, now, yeah. playing dead rules, and and like I said, listen to Red River podcast because you, he does good shit. It's fun. It's just fun. Well, shit. now I'm gonna go look up this other band playing dead I didn't know about. Yeah, all, all, all good, Mike. All good, man. Thank you. <laughs> Any closing words? Anything else, guys? No. Sure, yeah. anytime. I'm glad we had a female perspective. I needed to have a female because it's all guys and then oh, the women thing. So I needed a female on here to kind of vouch to say that that it wasn't a whole exploitation of women thing. Definitely do not think that it was. Awesome. <laughs> whatever, whatever you're doing in life, just be a good person. That's yeah. really what I would say. Just be My motto person. is very simple. And it's exactly this. Try not to be a dick. Yep. And I say try because sometimes we fall short and sometimes I could be a real big dick. Yep. But I try not to be a dick. We wake up every day and we try our best, but you know what? That's called accountability when we're not. There you go. Zach, you little fucking little fucking maniac. Thank you, brother. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and thank your cool parents and guardians for bringing you there for me. Yeah, oh, yeah. I can, I can still like, remember advocating fuck? for myself. I was like, it says you, I can go. It says I can go. Sick. Good <laughs> shit. Well, listen, Next guys. Corn, I'm going to see a little kid. And I'm going to remind myself of Zach and be like, yep, that's my, yep. <laughs> that's why I always throw respect at concerts. Like, I remember I saw Flog and Molly, and they picked out the youngest kid in the crowd and said, what's your favorite song and played it? Yeah. That's awesome. That's good <laughs> shit. Nathan from Flogging Molly is a good friend of mine. Great fucking band, dude. Really great oh, band. Awesome. Well, good hey, Jimmy. Well, we're on podcast time because obviously right now we're recording. It's not live. But when this drops, it drops the same day as the documentary on HBO, which is kind of just cool that it happened that way. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So thank you again, fucking Sam, for for hipping me for the documentary. Yeah, you know, I try to stay on top of that stuff, and I, I love a good uh, music doc, and uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, everybody, right. everyone who's listening, follow at the Brooklyn. The only thing I'm going to put out there, just follow the Brooklyn Blast Furnace on Instagram. That's it. From there, the link in the bio, you click it, and it will send you to everywhere you can find the podcast, from YouTube to Spotify, everywhere. There's direct links everywhere. So follow the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. And I know Sam does. I don't know if you do, Zach, and I don't know if you do, Michelangelo, but do that so I can tag you in the flyer when I drop this on July 23rd at noon, Eastern time. Sure. I'm following you, brother. All right. Awesome. Thank hey, you, guys. Jimmy, I'm headed to Brooklyn Friday. If you're around, hit me up, brother. Just hit you hit me up when you're around. I'll see if I'm around. Sounds good. I'll hit you on Sunday, maybe Defara. Nice. Five dollar pizza slices, like water in '99. No, fuck uh, yeah. that. Well, yes, meet meet us there, and we'll fucking get a couple pies. There you go. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll be up there Friday too. Maybe I can catch lunch. Really? That'd be awesome, dude. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Hit me up. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody, thank you so much for doing this. And we'll definitely keep in touch. I'm going to keep that thread going until we drop the podcast and everything. Cool. Bye. Thanks for everyone's time. Later, people. Thank you for having us.